you're listening to the Primary Medicine Podcast with Kevin and Dimitri, bringing you the best in primary care CME that you can use in your everyday practice. Welcome back, everyone, to the Primary Medicine Podcast, and I'm really excited to have Dr. Babani, and he's back for podcast number 56, and it's a painful one because we're talking about leg cramps. Ouch. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Have you had what, leg cramps before? Oh, I get them all the time. Me too. But not as bad as what we're going to talk about. Yeah, so they're actually quite common. Something like two-thirds of people will get them, 60% of people will get them, and even children get them. And I can attest they're not pleasant. And there's not a really a position you can go in that helps. So I can see why patients will come in and we'll talk to you about this. I do get pretty frequently consults about this issue. And I thought it was important to get an idea of how to approach it and some of the newer science regarding light cramps because things have changed a bit from residency. Well, here, do you, do you see this on a regular basis in your practice? Yeah, actually, um, having done this research, I'm realizing that I actually see it a lot more than I thought I did. You know, a lot of people with a chronic back issues or arterial issues um, end up with some sort of leg cramp, leg pain, something or other at some point in their lifetime, and then they end up at my doorstep looking for some answers. Yeah, if you look at the statistics, 20% of patients suffering from leg cramps have them daily, and so they'll probably come and visit your office and, and, and ask you, what can we do? What, what causes this? So maybe we can start off by talking about how they present. So what's the classical presentation of nocturnal leg cramps, uh, Wahid? Well, uh, nocturnal as in uh, at nighttime is usually... I I guess I gave away the the answer there, right? (laughs) For anyone who hasn't had a leg cramp, it's basically a tightening of the muscle, and a tightening to a point where it seems like you can't open that muscle. It's, It's stuck in that position. If you ever watch sports, especially the World Cup this past summer, a lot of people went down with leg cramps and basically their leg seized up, they fell over and they couldn't use that leg for however many minutes it was cramping up for. The, the, the average amount apparently is, is nine minutes, which is pretty long. Thankfully, mine were never that long, but that, that, that's nine minutes of, of horrible pain. And, and actually, if you can see the muscle tightening. So if, if you're lucky enough that your patient has a cramp in your office, which never happens, uh, you'll be able to, to feel the muscle. It tightens. It gets really hard. It Sometimes uh, there's twitches as well. There's twitching of the, lim- of the limbs. Now, where do you usually see, uh, see uh, leg cramps? Which muscles are usually affected, Wahid? Well, in, in the legs particularly, it seems like it's a calf muscle, but it's also the, the bottom of your foot as well. Mm-hmm. That's actually where I get them. And then the, the, the classical Charlie horse is in the thighs. If, if, if you watch the World Cup, that's where they seem to be getting them. And, and I think this, this probably goes, goes into our next question because you're talking about athletes getting uh, cramps. So what is the main cause of leg cramps, the most commonly thought pathology? Well, mu- muscle fatigue, they, these guys either overexert themselves or stretch in a way that their muscles disagree. And because they disagree, they, the muscle tightens up in a, what I think might be a defense mechanism, but we're not really sure. But there's no really explanation as to why 
it would fatigue and then want to work harder otherwise yeah yeah it's a bit odd so so again if you look at exercise research indeed athletes tend to get more leg cramps so that's where we were thinking that one of the patho- one of the causes of them is muscle fatigue what are some other causes there's three other categories that uh, that i think are important so so what are they nerves are one so if, like i said with my patients with back issues if they have sciatic um, problems some sort of neurogenic claudication or parkinson's if the nerve doesn't fire properly the uh, muscles will cramp up i don't know if uh, anyone else did this experiment where well, we had to do that uh, experiment in university where we had to shock a chicken wing and it would cramp up and and uh, hold steady because it got the signal to contract but no actual signal to relax mm-hmm. i have never had to do that that uh, <laughs> that sounds pretty pretty gory um yeah but, so nerve dysfunction and and as you mentioned people with parkinsonism or you have lumbar canal stenosis so some sort of issue with the feedback of the nerves going to the legs can cause this cramping what's another common cause uh um metabolic issues can cause it too um we know that dialysis patients with uh increased phosphate uh seem to have um increased uh chances of muscle cramps uh but calcium doesn't seem to be um an issue that way Empirically speaking, though, I don't have any evidence to back this up, but a few of my patients with B12 deficiency, thyroid dysfunction, um, iron deficiency, uh, and either uh, electrolyte imbalance of sodium potassium end up with leg cramps as well. Yeah, and yeah, you're right, and that's that's what I was thinking as well. But it's interesting that if you look at the, some of the evidence, it doesn't seem to be they don't seem to like if you fix those issues that doesn't necessarily fix the leg cramps um so the last category is medication related leg cramps and what i was surprised to find out is that naproxen can cause yeah yeah i I didn't know idea but so naproxen is is a common cause of leg cramps and my other one i was shocked with is the benzodiazepines uh, gabapentin which are two drugs that are commonly used as treatment, which we'll get to later. Right, yeah. Imagine if people are coming in with stenosis like uh, or sciatica uh, and you're treating them with, with gabapentin, uh, it might actually increase their, their leg cramps. It was, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other uh, one seems to be a lot of things related to estrogen. Um, so right. estrogen are... Reloxifen, paraparatide, or Forteo um, seem to be related. I don't know if it's because women's metabolism issue, going back to the first thing with hormones. Yeah, well, it's interesting. If you look at the uh, the, the the epidemiology again, women are more likely to to uh, get leg cramps compared to men, and you wonder if it's an effect of estrogen there as well. Mm-hmm. What I was surprised to learn is that apparently it's not necessarily associated with dehydration. You know, that's what I was taught in residency that, you know, it's a dehydration issue. You should get them to drink water and then they drink water and they complain because they have to wake up and go to the bathroom. But apparently it's not necessarily related to that. So that whole drink a glass of water 
might have been doing more harm than good for leg cramps and now stop doing that myself I, I don't know were you were you taught that that they had to drink water and the cramps would be less likely to, to appear um, it w- so we were told that when I was in my soccer days actually playing sports that you had to keep well hydrated and that's why we used to serve oranges and bananas at halftime right. because we it was thought that um, you get more potassium and therefore less leg cramps you don't know if that's true either <laughs> probably not probably not it's interesting but probably not not true uh, um, you know that they, they had a actually they had a study uh, with patients that had non-alcoholic liver cirrhosis and that study was able to demonstrate that the leg cramps didn't seem to be associated with changes in the levels of creatinine calcium magnesium sodium potassium um, or even sugar glucose so I don't know what to think uh, I the metabolic relation to leg cramps seems to be pretty tenuous which which will bring me to my question whether we should do any testing at all. And we'll get that in a sec. Maybe we can discuss this, this a bit. Um, so, you know, the, the way I look at the causes for leg cramps is I, I sort of think of the muscle. It, you need to have a muscle. I need to have actual, uh, you know, blood vessels going to the muscle. I need to have nerves as well. So those three things can go wrong. So the muscle, you can have, you know, muscle fatigue, or you can have some kind of muscle disorder such as, uh, you know, myositis. If you're dealing with the blood vessels, you can have issues such as peripheral vascular disease um, or even coronary. I think it's associated with people who have coronary vascular disease as well. And if you're looking at the nerves, then you're talking about stenosis of the nerve, Parkinsonism, as well as diabetic neuropathy. Um, so those conditions tend to be associated more with, with leg cramps. Oh, and venous insufficiency, apparently. Um, th- th- that's also associated. What about pregnancy? Uh, Wahid, did you find anything about pregnancy? Like, is it Because we were taught, again, that pregnancy seems to increase the chance of leg cramps. But I didn't necessarily find anything about it in the, in the literature. Yeah, and uh, so is it the pregnancy itself, or is it because of those other things that you just mentioned about the like, venous insufficiency right. or... Um, arterial issues that are caused because of you know extra weight kind of deal um so it's uh it's really hard to say yeah we, um, we don't and, have the answer yeah um and then if there's an estrogen component if those meds right. that cause right, right. Is, is that something i don't i don't know we we don't have an answer that way yeah, we don't seem to have an answer I, I i think it's it's important to get a bit of a differential now so if somebody comes in talking about leg issues at night what are some of your differentials Wahid um so this is actually an interesting point because I and again back in residency used to think put everybody in this kind of spectrum of restless leg or periodic limb movement and it was all kind of batched together but there's actually stark differences uh that I'm starting to learn about now so the two most common things I think about are of course restless leg which is what everyone thinks they have or what everyone reads up that they have and periodic limb movement disorder, which no one ever comes in with, but somebody else might complain that um, right. their partner has. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, those are, I think, that the top two you should consider. And again, the difference is neither of those present with pain. But what's interesting is the restless leg syndrome can be misdiagnosed as nocturnal cramps because 
sometimes the way that patients tell of their experience regarding their legs with restless leg syndrome may sound like pain to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you do get that uh, crossover sometimes. So it, it, it is important to get an idea of exactly what's happening because the drugs that you use for restless leg syndrome may not work for leg cramps. If you have somebody coming in with, with leg cramps, what kind of physical exam would you do, Wahid? I typically do something that is a combination. Uh, of course, you want to make sure that their sensory and vascular s- systems are working because those are the two main causes or associations, I should say, because we don't have just direct causes, but associations with uh, leg cramps. So I palpate arterioles. I, I sometimes I don't even send them, but we'll get to the actual tests for um, proper Dopplers. Uh, I evaluate sensation, uh, strength, uh, reflexes, so neurological exam. I do do a cardiovascular exam, and sometimes we'll do a back exam as well if uh, I have suspicion, because uh, some people will be like, tell me it starts in their hip, goes down to their toes kind of mm-hmm. deal, and mm-hmm. then I'm, am I thinking sciatic or neurogenic claudication kind of thing. So uh, back exam might be on my things to do. Yeah, that, I, I agree. Again, again, you're thinking of examining the muscle, the nerves, and the blood vessels when you're doing a physical exam. So what about tests? And this is where, this is where, I mean, I, it might change my management of this condition, but from what I understand, what I read is that there's no routine recommendation of ordering blood tests. What I used to order is I used to order electrolytes. I used to order thyroid, just like you did, and I would order iron levels, but there's no consensus whether those tests are useful because there's no consensus whether those electrode abnormalities actually cause the leg cramps. Because you you mentioned B12. Because you said that some patients, again, anecdotally, with B12 deficiency have increased leg cramps. Is that correct, Wahid? Yes. I actually have a few patients that once I started them on their B12 injections, their cramping or I let me let me clarify that their leg pains improve now. Again, as you mentioned, sometimes the history is a little bit shaky as to where where the pain is coming from and uh, what the condition actually is. And when you gave them B12 supplements, did you find the difference? So I have patients that, yeah, I have had improvement. Because mm-hmm. I guess theoretically B12 can cause a neuropathy, right? So, I mean, not theoretically, it does cause a neuropathy. Yeah. So whether it's a neuropathic pain versus a, a cramping, I, I, like I said, the history is shaky. And uh, so I, I do order, as you, as you said, all that stuff, because if it is a neuropathy or if it's a claudication issue, mm-hmm. vascular, then those things help me or direct my thought towards a certain area. Yeah, maybe maybe I would add liver enzymes because, again, people with cirrhosis tend to get leg cramps. So you might not be able to treat the leg cramps, but you may be able to discover that they have cirrhosis. And you may, I think you mentioned this, but I'll just mention it again, you may want to do cholesterol levels because, again, people with vascular disease may get leg cramps. So you might be able to identify something early on. Um, what about uh, other tests such as, you know, ultrasounds? You mentioned that, so you can do a Doppler ultrasound if you think you're dealing with a PVD. Um, what yeah. else would you would you order? And I would, I might order some uh, back X-rays, MRIs if I'm thinking it's a sciatic or a neurogenic claudication type thing. 
I did have, I had actually a very interesting case up north where it was a younger girl in her 30s who worked in a manufacturing kind of industry where she did repetitive motion and she came in with hand cramps. And as, as you said, you never actually see the cramps in your office, except in this particular case, I did. Wow. Okay. I, if I moved her hand in a certain way, I would replicate the cramping and her hands would claw and stay in that position. And it would take a few minutes as of us prying them open again to oh get them God. working. So I did send her for nerve conduction mm-hmm. studies because mm-hmm. this was, uh, I didn't know if this was a nerve damage of some sort. Turns out it wasn't. But I have been known to send for nerve conduction studies in certain cases where I think there might be a neurogenic component to it. Now, to finish off in terms of treatment, I can I can tell you that when I get leg cramps, I find that it, what helps stop them, and this is anecdotal again, is to, because I get them in the calf, but it's to, it's to dorsiflex my foot, so to stretch the calf muscle pretty much. If If I stretch it, just as the cramp begins, I usually can stop it. Um, and if you look at some of the guidelines, there's a suggestion that this might be helpful, but it's not clear whether there's no good, really good evidence whether it works or not. For me, it seems yeah. to work, but is it, it will work for everyone. It's hard to say. I, I will second that. That actually works for me too. If I stretch my foot in my, the opposite direction of as the cramp wants to go, it uh, recovers quicker, I find. <laughs> So I guess in our case we probably don't have the neuropathy or the you know the, uh, the the vascular disease yet. So maybe that's why it works better for us. It may not work for everyone. And mind you, we haven't gotten checked yet. Maybe we should get some blood we work checked. We should. We should. We should go and ask our doctors to give us all the blood work ever. Kwaki, just to finish off, any any drugs? <laughs> so I I'm a typical try with the least invasive stuff first. So right. if I suspect B12 or some sort of electrolyte abnormality, I usually ask them to start with that. I've had a few patients that actually had success with trying magnesium, even though there's no evidence, nor was their magnesium low. Mm-hmm. Some of them were and some of them weren't, but they still found benefit. I This one lady like swore that her magnesium calcium if she didn't take it that her leg cramps would come back so side effect profile is fairly minimal for those sorts of things so i i usually recommend that and then work my way up to the stronger stuff so like the uh, neurogenic uh, medications like gabapentin though as i found out right now <laughs> that can actually <laughs> exactly <laughs> i had one lady who swears up and down that her quinine works which is a historical treatment for uh, cramps and uh, made me promise her I'll never take them away from her. It sounded <laughs> okay. like she was a drug seeker asking for her Percocets, but it was just her quinine. <laughs> well, you know, I I think the, the I think for what I'm getting is the the big challenge with this condition is that it may be caused by many different things, so different things might work for different people. Um, so I think that's the challenging part, and I'm sure if you just have leg cramps because of exercise gabapentin might not do much for you at all i think the the big two big points to realize here is that it's very common condition uh, that it has multiple etiologies and it may be a harbinger harbinger am i harbinger of more severe conditions such as uh, neurological problems such as parkinsonism or a stenosis 
or a cardiac issue such as, uh, sorry, uh, you know, atherosclerotic problems such as PVD or so, so people that are getting these, especially if older, you may want to screen them for those causes. In terms of treatment, good luck. There's lots of things you yeah. can try. <laughs> and um, some of them will work and some of them won't. Actually, I, I did read that the uh, ex, for people who are exercise-induced, exercising but gradual exercising and low-grade exercising might actually help because it okay. stretches out the muscles. Yeah, I don't know. It had some evidence to it, but hey, exercise is always good for all conditions, uh, right? It's always good. So exercise helps everything. Okay, yeah. Wahid. Well, thank you so much for 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 coming for podcast number six fifty six. It was it was a great conversation. Hopefully, it was helpful to our listeners. And I'll see you again at Algonquin for year three of our what is it twenty kilometer thirty kilometer hike. We're going to get some yeah. leg cramps, I think, after that, right? <laughs> but no more beaver fever, right? Yeah, no more beaver fever. We'll get the leg cramps, but not the beaver fever. Okay. Take care, Wahid. Bye. Thanks. Take care. Bye.